Good morning. How are you all today? I hope I'm in the right place. Um, if you would, um, bow your heads with me and let's, let's start this off the correct way. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you. You are wonderful and amazing and merciful. We ask that you would be with us, guide us, help us to be the people that you want us to be and need us to be. Let us put on a heart of Yeshua. I ask that you would bless the words that come out, of my, come out of my mouth, that they are not mine, but they are yours, and that they would edify and lift up those around us. In the name of Yeshua, I pray, amen. Hello, my name is Philip Lohman. I am 36 years old. I am married to my wonderful wife. We have two children. I am blessed beyond belief. I, uh, believe it or not, I've wanted to come speak for a while now, and even someone has asked me, are you ever going to speak at the church? And I said, I hope so, but I think there's a club you have to be a part of. Everybody that speaks usually has some sort of sports jacket or something, and they look very nice. And I didn't have one. I actually haven't owned one almost my entire life. And so I was like, man. And, um, and so I finally found one, and I wore it some time ago, and I, I sported it off, and I looked really nice. I liked it. I got a lot of compliments. Um, and then f several weeks later, uh, Ferris asked me if I'd like to give the message, if I'd like to be put on the schedule. So um, coincidence? I don't, I don't know. So... Um, so here I am. Now, I didn't wear it. I didn't, I didn't figure you actually had to wear it. You just have to own it. But you, but you have to wear it at least once so people know you own it. So here we are. Um, Roger actually texted me yesterday and said that he heard that I was speaking. And he made mention that he, he wanted some meat to chew on, not 2% milk. I cannot promise meat. But I can say that it might be more like whole milk, you know, a little more beneficial. Um, I'm going to dive right in. Did you know it's against the law to be a bad person? It is. There are multiple places in the Old Testament that describe what a good person is. And when you read that law in Exodus it gives you a list of rules and among those rules are how to deal justly with your neighbor or with those around you essentially how to be a good person but it is more than that when you take what Yahweh has given us as far as instructions and practice it then it becomes a way of life not just following the law for the sake of following the law but because of what it means the law has the ability to transform you. Just one example. Exodus 23, I mean Exodus 21, 20, uh, 33, you don't have to open it. But if you, uh, if you open a pit and an animal falls into it, then you have to pay for the animal. That sounds all well and good. Let's put it in modern terms. If you dig a ditch and don't cover it and someone drives their vehicle into it, then you would owe repairs on the vehicle. Most of, this, most of us would just consider this doing the right thing, and it is. It is absolutely doing the right thing. But Yahweh is pretty specific and says not only is it the right thing, but it's against the law not to do it. It is against the law not to do the right thing. 
It is against the law not to be a good person. Some of the character traits of what we would call a good person are as follows. To be honorable, to have integrity, to be trustworthy, to have empathy, to show loyalty, to be generous, patience, to have humility, and to be forgiving. The Torah doesn't specifically say to be honorable. But whenever you read it, it describes what honor is. The Torah doesn't specifically say to have integrity, but when you read it, it describes what integrity is. And it does this throughout that entire list I gave you, and probably more so. And then you have people that are not good people. And it is easy to identify the characteristics of these people because they are the opposite of what we would call a good person. They are judgmental, manipulative, self-centered. They are greedy, narcissistic, vindictive, dishonest, unforgiving. Nobody likes these people, and they are easily identified. They are bad apples. The Taurus does not say to be... It describes it. It, just, it doesn't say don't be vindictive, but it does describe in, in specific detail, don't do these. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And there is the theme. There is a theme that you can follow when it comes to the difference between good and bad people. In all of this and everything that I've described... When it comes to the difference between good and bad people, good people put those, put others before themselves. Bad people put themselves first. And in this brings me the title to this message. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's not all about our individual selves, but it's about everyone around us and how we can enrich the lives of those before us. Matthew 22, 35, if you'll turn with me. Hearing that Yeshua had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with his question, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Yeshua replied, Love Yahweh with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. This is the first and the greatest. And the second is like, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While we you are intimately involved, because without you it can't happen, it's not all about you. It's about putting Yahweh first, everyone around you second, and then you come after. 
and all the people that we look up to, that we have respect for, these are the reasons why we hold them in high regard, because they display the values we want to uphold, the things that make them what we call heroes. I would say that King David was a hero, if we were to describe him in modern times. I would say that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were heroes, that Queen Esther was a hero, and they all have this common theme in, in common. They put Yahweh first, and they put someone else above themselves. Those who would lose their life for what is good in Yahweh's eyes, eyes are heroes. And there are so many examples throughout the Bible, throughout scriptures, and throughout history. It is a common theme and is why we look up to those people. John 15, 3, uh, John 15, 13, I mean. Greater love hath no man than he that would lay down his life for his friend. Does that sound selfish to you? Does that sound self-centered? I don't think it is. But this is what society has a, as a whole has lost with its woke culture, what government has lost with its corruption. To many people, to many people are being in, people are being put into positions of authority and all they care about is themselves. We are called to be servants and servants of the Most High and to each other. It's not all about you. All the things going wrong in our world today are not the problem. They are merely symptoms. The problem is selfishness and greed and corruption. And the things that we read in the scriptures we know are bad. But when you look at it in this particular perspective, it is against the law to be a bad person. But even more so than that, when you put the law and the prophets into perspective, it's all about the Father, but even more so, it's about His love. What is all these people that we, when you think of a hero, when, just take that image, put it in your mind, and what do you think of? You think of love. Love is the most important thing. And isn't that what a good person displays, is love, one towards our Heavenly Father and the, one towards His fellow man? Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 13, is the love chapter. And it describes perfectly what love is. Let's, let's turn there and read it as a refresher. I know everybody's familiar with it. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, and it always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, 
I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see only a reflection in the mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And in this, the difference between just keeping the law and living the law, because when you break it down, the law is love. And it's not all about you. It's about putting Yahweh and others first. As we go through life and set goals for ourselves and try to walk in faith, we encounter situations that test our servanthood, if you will, and justify why we are more important than those around us. It's a constant battle. I love me more than I love anybody else. But isn't that what Yahweh said to do, is to love thy neighbor as thyself? It's hard. It's difficult. I am supposed to love you as I love myself. And I tell you, I love me more than anybody else. It is hard to put my children first sometimes when they just want to play and have my attention. It is hard to put my wife first sometimes when she just needs help around the house doing whatever monotonous chore she feels she needs to do. It is hard to put away my selfishness when I want to sit there and do nothing for a while because I'm tired. It is hard not to be selfish. It is hard not to stare at some nonsense on my phone to play a game, to escape my surroundings uninterrupted, to get on Facebook and see what idiocy awaits so that I can feel better about myself. Just as a side note, comparing yourself to others does not make you better. You know actually move on your place and your scale. It just makes you feel better about the place you're in. So let's just, you know, keep growing. And Galatians 6, 1 through 5 tells of that. But back to what I'm talking about. In those moments when my children want to play and my wife wants help, it is not about me. It is about loving my family. And we can take these examples to work. We can take these examples to events. We can take these examples everywhere. It doesn't have to be just my wife. It can be an employee. It can be an employer. It can be anyone that I'm next to. We can put them first. And if everybody put everybody else first, nobody would ever, be, everybody, nobody would ever come last, would they? I read a short story about a man and a child, and the child had a bike with no brakes and accidentally put a dent in the man's car. You know what that man did? He bought that child a new bike. You look at numerous sto stories about police, on the, uh, police officers on the job, and they go above and beyond to help people in need, such as buying their groceries when they see somebody in need. I read a story the other day about a man who... It was a, a woman in her family, her children, they were at the, at the checkout, and they realized they didn't have enough money to pay for these groceries. And this police officer doesn't just walk, but he runs to help this woman, and he covers her entire grocery bill. A person sees a car with a sunroof down in the rain and puts an umbrella over it. 
Somebody sees a parking meter about to expire and adds a quarter. Someone pays it forward at the drive-thru. I've never been a part of that, but I think I, I feel like I would like to if I ever thought about it. Next thing you know, you get up to the drive-thru and your order's already paid for. Well, what do I do with this money that I've already prepared? I'm going to pay for the guy behind me. That's what I'm going to do. Someone stops to help change a flat tire. I know specifically of a man who had a flat tire and he had to leave his vehicle on the side of the road and when he got back to his vehicle to finally get it fixed there was a note on the windshield that said you have a new set of tires at the local tire shop. That's putting your neighbor first. There are countless examples throughout history and throughout our lives that we can constantly read and I love this theme. I think this is wonderful and these are the things that we need to constantly talk about. Philippians 2, 3-4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Giving of your time and money freely to make someone else's life better, wanting to help others with no prospect of reward or recognition is the truest form of loving thy neighbor and a pure example of what we are called to do. It's not just about keeping the law. It's about the law being written on our hearts. When we sit around the table and discuss doctrine, the letter of the law, let us not try to be right just to boast about ourselves. Let us not try to be right for the sake of being right, but to share truth and love because it is not about us. It is about the Heavenly Father and wanting our neighbors to have truth as well. You can be right and still be wrong. Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in tongues and of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mysteries and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I have nothing. I'm not saying we shouldn't be right, though. I'm not saying we shouldn't constantly look for truth and challenge each other. Don't, don't get me wrong. Our whole goal is to find truth, but let us examine the spirit in which we share that truth. Is it to lift up ourselves, or is it to lift up the Heavenly Father? When you examine the life of Yahshua, he didn't do anything of his own desire. Everything he did was for the Father and for us. He was intimately involved and had to be so, but it wasn't about him. It was about a greater purpose. It was about Yahweh providing a better way for us to reach him. Yahshua is the key, but in every instance of a lock and key, the key is not the main part. The door that it opens is. Yahshua is incredibly important, and he is intimately involved in our lives. But it wasn't about him. He did it because his father asked him to and we needed him to. He put himself third to us and his father. I'm not saying Yeshua is not important. But he is because he is far important. Don't get me wrong. I hope you understand that. Let us put on a heart of Yeshua and serve those around us as he has served us. Because in closing, it's not all about you. I love this picture. 
Rhonda shared this on Facebook. This child does not know that this statue weighs as much as it is. He just saw somebody in help, in need, and he wants to help. Let us be like this child.